1: Hey folks and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of the show, and we are happy to be in season two. This is episode three of season two, and we're actually in part two of our interview with Claire Diaz-Ortiz. Claire's an author, speaker, and Silicon Valley innovator who was an employee, early employee of Twitter, actually, named one of the 100 most creative people in business by Fast Company. She has quite a resume. And quick story, 2005, Claire discovered the Enneagram and mistyped herself as an Enneagram One. She came on to Typology in season one with us, and in the process of speaking with Ian, began to uncover that she is, in fact, an Enneagram 3. Well, Claire didn't stop there. She dove in deep. And after six months of investigating the Enneagram 3, she is speaking with Ian again. And this is the second part of that new interview. And it's probably one of the most revealing typology interviews that we've had so far. Really powerful interviews. So we are glad that you are here with us. So let's get on with the big announcement. We've got three books to give away here for our Typology Podcast listeners. You all participated in spreading the word for Aaron Nequist's new book, The Eternal Current, How a Practice-Based Faith Can Save Us From Drowning, by posting on Instagram or tweeting on Twitter, listening to Typology Podcast, hashtag The Eternal or I love Typology Podcast, hashtag The Eternal Current. We took all the names of those of you that participated in spreading the word, and there were a lot of you, so thank you so much. We've put all those names in a hat, we've drawn the names, and we are ready to announce the winners. Paul, drum roll, please. And the winners are Colby Deprater, Daniel Lawson, and Carrie Hearn. Woo! alright well congratulations to all of you you are going to get a free copy of the eternal current how a practice based faith can save us from drowning the brand new book by Aaron Nequist and our very own Wendy Nyborg will be reaching out to you to get your address so that you can uh, get your book shipped to you so congratulations I'm glad we got some great winners here and now we get to pick back up with Ian and Claire in part two of this inspiring transformational story so we're glad that you're here that's it for me Anthony Skinner and now here is the host of our show, Ian Cron. Well,
2: here's the good news. You're not stopping at the old what's my Oh, now I know my number. And isn't this really interesting? And now I can talk about it at parties. And then you, but you don't do the you don't start to use it to do the deeper work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um and but it sounds like you're heading in that direction because what you're looking into is the shadow. Mm-hmm. And the shadow is not pleasant, you know? No. Uh, and as you know, on the on the hero's journey, everybody's hero's journey uh, in literature, it ha- there has to be a moment when the main character has to look into and confront the shadow. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Now you're going to make me cry.
2: Yep.
0: And this, I can't even, I can't express how much... I mean, you said on that call, whenever that was five months ago, like, you need to look into being a three, I can't type you. And that night I went and I read, I don't know which book I started with. And I was just like reading and reading. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it was just this incredible like window into, yeah, what I've been like flogging myself for my whole life, I guess.
2: Mm.
0: But now what?
2: Before we move on to that, what uh, what's the and, and I know threes have trouble sort of ascribing names to feelings, right? But what what primary feeling has this experience evoked in you?
0: I mean, I think my first reaction would be sadness, but but it, it really hasn't all been sadness because there's been this sense of um, like relief that it's not it feels like it's not me. Do you know what I mean? So it's sad to learn it, but there's this relief that that yeah, it feels like part of a a thing <laughs> that people can move through instead of just yeah. a long series of, you know, torturous events that I will never climb out of
2: after, you know, 20 years of therapy or whatever.
0: I don't know, you know.
2: Right. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Well I think the the first thing is is I, I would say to all types on the transformational journey and what I the word I hear you saying is grief. Mm. Um mm. It's, a, it's a little bit of a finer distinction from sadness, uh, but grief is something it's a very profound emotion. I think every type feels it if it's really mm-hmm. doing its work. Um it's this sense of oh my gosh. I have yep. been stuck in this repeating repetitious Mm -hmm. pattern of personality and it has never given me this strategy has never actually helped me attain what i really wanted which was love Mm
1: -hmm.
2: which was to be seen which was to be valued for who i am you know, not for what I do as for threes or for being special and unique for fours or for being, you know, knowledgeable like fives. I mean, you, everybody has mm-hmm. a strategy, you know. And then you realize this doesn't actually work and you feel stupid and ashamed and sort of grief-stricken, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And the danger for all types, but I think for threes and and I can think of a couple of other numbers like this sevens in particular, is, is to not... Uh, jump out of that space until it's done with you. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Which is something I have never done.
2: Right. Because uh, because uh, feelings like that feelings like grief uh, any afflictive emotion slows the three down. Mm Mm-hmm. It's messy. It gets in the way of productivity. Mm-hmm. It So threes can literally disconnect. They get like a SIM mm-hmm. card, I always say. They can pull out feelings and put them aside so they can complete the task they're working on. And, of course, they never get to the feelings. And they never go back to deal with them because the moment that one's done, there's 50 million waiting in the wings. And it's in, in a nanosecond. The next one's there. Mm-hmm. I
0: read another book I read in the last couple months that um, was, you know, perfect for threes out there was um, by an author named Leanna Tankersley. Maybe you know her.
2: No, I don't. She
0: Mm. writes in the sort of Christian women's space and it's a book called Begin Again, The Brave Practice of Releasing Hurt and Receiving Rest. And it used the word grief a lot. And so, I'm very much resonating with what you're saying right now. Mm. Because that book was very powerful for me. Yeah. And it was like, you know, about understanding the hurt and then finding finding the calm in
2: that yeah finding the calm in that are you hopeful
0: yeah i mean i think understanding is always the beginning right i mean if Mm
2: -hmm.
0: six months ago i didn't know this was the pattern or this was the thing right and so now Mm -hmm. starting to understand it's the thing it feels like there's so much opportunity to make it stop being the thing or at least understand it's the thing and understand it's the challenge that you know i'm going to be working with every day um but no i mean i cannot Mm. express how transformative it has been that said i'm at the point now where i do need more positivity or more direction in terms of okay what's the you know integration path kind of stuff and what do i do Mm. um you know, I, I guess
2: I feel like I'm nearing that point. Yeah. yeah so I, I appreciate what you just said, and it's it's But the when a three says, "What am I supposed? What am I supposed to do?" Ah. Mm. Right. Mm. Uh, that's part of the journey, which mm. is to mm. to realize it's not. This isn't something. Well, here I'm going to speak now as someone from a who self identifies as a Christian. Not, a, not everybody in our in our audience does, so I want to be respectful. But. This wonderful, um, I, I think I've quoted this before, but it's worth mentioning again. Evelyn Underhill, who was a great Christian mystic of the 19, early, middle 20th century, once said, We spend our lives conjugating the words to have, to want, and to do, when the fundamental verb of the spiritual life is to be.
1: <laughs> hmm.
2: So I think the journey for threes is, is learning how just to be. Uh, to be valued simply for who they are and to really experience it. But for all of us, I mean, these are like trances. All of these numbers are like trances. You know, we fall into the dark side of them, and we just go on autopilot. And people can do it for their whole dang lives, you know. Uh, Never develop the self-knowledge and the self-awareness from an instrument like the Enneagram where, you know, they could begin to catch themselves in their own dysfunctional game, right? Mm. And... You know, I am. Um, you know, okay. So your mom and I. This is an illustration. I can't remember if I used it in the road back to you, but you know the look that comes over a mother's face when she's gazing into the eyes of a newborn. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. It's right. You know, right.
2: It, you, right yep. it softens, and there's this sort of mutual astonishment, and 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 it transcends. That. I'm not sure what's going on, but I think it transcends love, mm. and. Uh, what the child sees in the mother's eyes are uh, that the child is seen that the child Mm -hmm. is beautiful Mm -hmm. and that for no other and the baby can't do anything except want and need I mean you know what I'm saying so it has Mm -hmm. nothing to offer in some ways you know I mean in terms of you know practical things it's actually a drain but the child just sees you know I am you know this is if all goes well between mom and, and, and infant right I you know I am beautiful so I always tell people that to rest, to to know that that God looks at us with the same gaze of the adoring mother, mm. yeah, and that and that nothing can can make that gaze look in a different direction or look uh, rejecting or right, and so for a three to learn just to sit in the adoring gaze of God and realize I'm loved without having to do a dang thing I'm just just for being right I was called into being with my givenness and I am loved for that and that's like you, I mean I don't know about you but I, I feel like the the one of the big goals of my life if I could get off this planet kind of believing that you know what I mean like really yeah. getting that through that would be something huh it would be indeed Hmm. How is it? How is this going to affect your parenting?
0: I mean, it made me think a lot, obviously, about just time and space and being present, and which I guess is sort of natural, right? Of mm-hmm. the idea of you know, because it's easy for me to come up with um, yeah, optimization plans for my children, essentially.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and even though i'm not going to homeschool or unschool or that sort of thing i can figure out ways to just you know like we walked we live on a lake just to walk to the dock and go fishing and do nothing for an hour today at noon that sort of thing right which is mm-hmm. i mean that's tough for me to do honestly mm-hmm. i i love my kids to spend an hour just like wandering around the mud without like having a podcast on or something you know is Mm -hmm. is freaking tough yeah and so that has been so eye-opening and I started also doing this thing which I guess is a bit similar where I I'm so into like input you know optimization Mm -hmm. that I don't have any time in my days where there isn't input coming in you know so it's do a lot of reading, I listen to podcasts, Then I'm, you know, exchanging Voxer messages with people, you know, and there's just so much input, and there's no dead space, right? And so doing a lot of reading about that, and one of the small ways I started to kind of work on that was to say, okay, for a few months, I want to just, because I I run most days, and so instead of, you know, listening to an audiobook, or listening to podcasts, or doing something like that on this runs, just really not doing anything, and that um, has been helpful. I also have been meditating for about a year and a half now. And um, I do think some of my, ultimately, I think meditation is very positive for me. I do think there is obviously an optimization element to it. (laughs) That maybe, I don't know, may not be the healthiest, you know, I use an app where I can check it off every day, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, in those, in the midst of those 20 minutes, I think good things are happening, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it's that great that I'm giving myself the gold stars for doing it or not but
2: yeah I mean I think there's uh, there's been so much research on mindfulness and on uh, you know its ability to help us at work I mean I think who is it Google or somewhere else that they they actually have meditation spaces and no one gets gets penalized for going there because it's just going to make you better at what you do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I, I think that that actually misses the whole point of what meditation has meant to Christians mm-hmm. and Buddhists for, you know, 1700 years for Christians, but certainly, and longer for Buddhists, that, um, you know, in meditation, first of all, for, in, let's say, in the Enneagram context, what we want to see, we want to step back and observe uh, the flow of what's happening in our thoughts. You know, you're not going to, I mean, we we secrete thoughts like, you know, enzymes, so it's not like you can stop them in meditation, mm. right? Hmm. so, you you know, part of the the genius of it is to step back and see the themes and the patterns of what emerges in Mm -hmm. that, you know, and Mm -hmm. what does it tell you about yourself? And I mean, I could go on and on. Hmm. Meditation has been a hugely important um, journey for me in my my own life. Um, Mm -hmm. But the danger for threes is what you're saying, which is turning the task of spiritual, turning the journey of spiritual development into a a task on your to-do list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And becoming the best at, you know, not being a three, you know? So you can't use three energy to cure the three problem, right? (laughs) (laughs) Can't
0: you kind of, can't you start there? Sure. I don't know. I mean, it's on your to-do list and you actually do it. That's better than not doing it ever, right?
2: It is, unless it just becomes part of the deceit. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, and then you think, well, okay, now now I'm my true self. Okay, moving yep. on. You know, and yep, now I'm yep, going to yep, write a, yep. I'm going to yep. write a book and monetize a course about yep. how not to be an Enneagram Three, right? Yes. I remember a guy came up to me after a class one time, and uh, he'd spent the whole day, and he came up to me and said, you know, we we can make a million bucks out of this. Mm. And uh, I, I, where do I learn the enneagrams so that I, because mm-hmm. I want to, you know, create a product? And I'm like going, dude, you you you, you don't see it yet, do you? <laughs> you know, like, you just gave an example to me live and in the moment of what a three would, you know, they're always on the hunt for, okay, what's the next thing I can parlay into a success? Mm-hmm. Another success mm-hmm. story. Oh, and here's a new opportunity for another success, you know? And, um, you know, uh, I'm not saying down the road you, you, you can't use knowledge to, to good ends, but threes have to be careful that they don't start to use these things toward their own ends,
0: Well, so this makes me think of two related sort of anecdote stories that have come together since I discovered I was a three. So, Ann Bogle, who you've had on your podcast, Mm -hmm. is a friend of mine, and she's in my women's mastermind. And she has been, um, she's written a number of nonfiction books, but is now trying to make time to write a novel, right? Mm. Which is a new project. And I remember when she first started talking about it, I was amazed and also baffled, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, you've got this. Business. What do you mean? You're going to write a novel? Like, where's that going to go? You know, like, might not do anything for your career. Like, just, I was baffled, right? And then I, um, so I, I do some executive coaching and I have a friend who's an executive coach named Edie Greenblatt and she sent me her book. It's called Restore Yourself. It's this awesome book about basically, you know, the rest and restoration process. But what was so interesting about it was that it really talked. You know, I guess I'm used to reading a lot of books about how, like, how to rest, how to do less, how to take a Sabbath. And her book was all about figuring out sort of your profile and then figuring out what actually restores you. And so it was mm-hmm. so interesting to me to learn that actually restoration isn't just about lying down. But, you know, one of the key ways for my personality for restoration is, is to be creative. Right. And then so both of these stories came together In my head and I realized this thing I've always envied my husband for my husband my husband's an architect and he you know that's his job but he loves photography and he loves music he has all these vintage guitars and he's always playing them and I've always been jealous of that but I didn't Mm. really understand why and I realized it's because I'm not like being creative in my regular life because there's right because I I don't I don't I'm not writing a best-selling novel to sell it to a big agent. So I'm not being creative, right? And so this has been super interesting. So trying to identify how to bring more creativity in has been something. So my daughter and I did two small things to sort of start. We went to like a mom-daughter sort of art therapy type class a couple times just because I wanted to sort of see. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out like what little things can I do to try to pull that out of me but you know trying not to as you were just saying trying not to do it i guess with this three energy of you know and then and then i'm gonna sell the painting the amazing painting or you know (laughs) whatever it
2: is yeah yeah so there's a lot to love about threes and and there's a lot to love about every number uh when they've realized you know they've done they're in the the journey of of doing their work you know i mean threes are some of the most powerful leaders, pioneers. Um, they When they're healthy, this is what's so beautiful. Let me just tell you what's interesting about threes. When I was riding the road back to you, um, I kept trying to find threes in the sort of in a very healthy space and it wasn't as easy as finding other numbers, right? And I kept thinking, mm-hmm. well why is that? Well, because in their healthiness they they turn to the high side of six and they don't draw attention to themselves. Um, so it's hard they're mm-hmm. like hard to find <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I found I found a guy that I know who calls himself a recovering three. And mm-hmm. uh and now he's devoting his energies toward um empowering and you know uh making nonprofits uh really optimized you know so in other words he's he's mm-hmm. he's trying to make other people and organizations successful mm-hmm. while not flaunting it uh, you know not putting it on his you know as another feather in his cap actually it's like he, he he's trying to remain anonymous in the background oh my gosh you know like he now he now tithes or gives money to organizations Ooh. without his name on the check Oh my gosh. He sends it from a from a like a JP Morgan fund, you know, like a mm. non- like they just get a check. Uh, he um whenever he's with someone at the end of the conversation, he asks them, you know, he'll ask them first of all, he makes a discipline of uh, in conversations of deflecting, right? So every time mm-hmm. someone asks him about himself, he tries to keep it low key. And this is a very very successful guy. And, mm. and, you know, he doesn't start credentializing or talking about, I went to Dartmouth, and then I went mm. to Harvard, and then I, you know, worked at Goldman Sachs, and then I, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, or whatever. He actually tries to, to keep that stuff aside and just keep asking the other person questions, you know, like, tell me about you. Tell me what your hopes mm. are. Tell me what you want to do with your life. And at the end of his com- every conversation he has, he asks a person, is there anything I can do to help you? Wow. Which is great for because th- when threes are unconscious and not, you know, aware of what's going on, the patterns in their lives, they're always thinking in the back of their mind, what can this person do for me? How can this person help me on the road toward more success? Or mm-hmm. what, how can yeah. I u- use this relationship yeah. to, you know, move on and get, yeah, you know, another point? door? Yep. Yeah, what's the leverage point right now? Right. So how can this person make me more successful? And, and for him, it's like, nope, I, I'm learning that. I want to focus my energies on on helping other people achieve or attain not success in that sense of the word, but become their their tr- the best they can be in their lives, you know. And uh, he runs a non nonprofit now for um, uh, helping helping young leaders, you know, wow. and not make the same mistakes.
0: I mean, okay, so this this is okay. About two months before we had our podcast talk, I um, got introduced to Simon Sinek, who wrote, I think his main book is Start With Why, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the book's great, and he and I had a call, and it was sort of like, it was, it was kind of him. He was just, I was just, you know, I was going through some identity stuff. And so he basically did with me, I guess, a session, which is the type of thing he did, maybe about a decade ago when he was first developing the ideas for Start With Why, which is a great book. And, you know, he asked me about some of my earliest childhood memories. and It was a very interesting kind of weird hour, basically. And at the end of it, though, he um, came to this idea, you know, that he wanted me to sort of try on and think about what he thought my path might be based on the things I told him. And it's basically everything you're just saying now. It's the high side of six. It's about the um, using the gifts you've developed to like lift up others.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: it's really interesting you're saying that
2: yeah huh. so it's like the really really are, interesting right threes learn they don't like have behind drive
0: seen coach stuff and <sighs> it, it was yep. it
2: was very
0: powerful to me but now it's obviously i'm having a pretty powerful moment right now connecting the dots mm. to how that's neogram related which i had not thought about at all
2: yeah huh wow
0: because so now you're
2: applying saying. that you know, now huh. you're you know there's a sacralizing that's happening wow. of the gift right you're Uh you're now the gift has been is being used see Hmm. with every type when the strategies are used self-referentially right so if Mm -hmm. your strategy is i must succeed avoid failure at all costs Mm -hmm. win admiration you know Mm uh accomplish a million things so everybody will applaud Mm -hmm. me and that gives me a sense of identity Mm -hmm. etc then uh what what happens is is four threes they and when they start to work against it they learn they don't have to drive the bus anymore they can just be another bozo on the bus you know they don't they don't have to be in charge or seen they can just you know sort of meld back into the population and you don't become blurry Mm -hmm. you know you just start to realize i just i I, you know so one of the virtues for a three to develop or a holy idea is hope you know it's Mm -hmm. this hope that everything's going to get done you know what I mean it's like you know it's like everything can get done if I stop you know it's it's okay to stop no I I mean
0: I'm in love with that that just being another bozo on the bus and it it immediately you know brings to mind various memories of you know short periods of life when I've been another bozo on the bus and how glorious that has felt at times you know that's Mm -hmm. so interesting Mm -hmm. right
2: yeah and I think um I actually think that you know what feels really bad to you right now? This whole space of grief and confusion is, I guess, is what I'm picking up. Like, well, well, then if it's not that, then mm-hmm. who the hell am I? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. if if I, yeah. I got to get let go of that strategy, I got to yeah. grieve. I got to grieve that it never worked.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I have to grieve for all the relationships that may have been damaged or lost because mm-hmm. of my mm-hmm. of my pattern, of my way of being in the world mm-hmm. that wasn't working. Um, I have to forgive myself for the ways that I you know because in every type we have, we've, we've abandoned ourselves mm mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and so you know for threes you you abandoned yourself to fulfill the expectations of other people and you, you lost touch with your own feelings and yeah. your own identity what you really wanted i mean if i said to, if i said to most threes what do you want to do I and mean, what do you want they don't really know
0: <laughs> and i
2: thought that was normal mm
0: Like, I thought that was what most people thought. And that is what has been so powerful to understand. Mm. I mean, yeah.
2: So you always thought that everybody didn't know what they wanted?
0: Most people were not clear in what they wanted and so did things that worked or... Were successful, or got them to a place where others admired them, or mm. they got the resources, or admiration, or love that they needed from doing mm. that thing.
2: Yeah, like, and so that's why Anne Vogel's decision to write a novel just didn't make sense.
0: I was like, I, I don't understand. Right. You have but this busy career. How are, you have this busy business, and you're going to take out time to write a novel because what? like i don't understand
2: right Right. yeah i can i can understand why that would be you know hard for a three to to get you know in in a lot of ways so you know uh at at workshops you could make the case that at least based on experience for me that threes are the ones who take their number the hardest oh really yep oh okay they feel more shame they feel more shame than any other number in the room
0: oh that's interesting
2: yeah, what they feel is, um, they feel mm-hmm. exposed, which is what mm-hmm. shame really is. I mean, mm-hmm. shame is the fear mm-hmm. of exposure and
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and being exposed for being deficient or flawed or, you know, all those things. And what a th- what threes often have told me is, oh my gosh, now everybody knows I'm a fake.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I mean, all the imposter stuff was so strong in realizing all this. And then also the Brene Brown, the rumbling stuff, it all just came up mm. very clearly for me.
2: What's, I mean, the Brene- what's the Brene Brown stuff? I don't I don't know about the rumbling thing.
0: Um, how does it work? You have to rumble with yourself to get through the shame. I wish I had the exact
2: mm-hmm. phrase. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it's like rumbling. She calls it rumbling through your story. Maybe that's the word. And mm. coming to terms with the things that didn't work out the way you wanted. And the ways you weren't everything you wanted to be. And instead of just hiding it, actually like working through it and mm. going through that rumbling mm. first. but I thought of that a lot and I thought a lot of the imposter syndrome stuff because yeah I mean <laughs> it's all about yeah Brene Bounds reckoning rumbling and revolution process for getting back up when you fall down and come out of shame
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and I think actually what, what what I'm picking up from you right now is actually is that um Though it may not feel like it, I think you're in a really healthy place in the journey, mm. and I'm I'm very encouraged because most people, and this is what I'm, I'm writing about right now, is oh yeah yeah uh, you know, because I uh, I'm really happy people are learning their number. That was the point of road back to you. That was its only goal was to really give people a primer, an introduction to the system. But you know we weren't going into deep spiritual work stuff and transformational work. We made reference to it, but not not in detail, or and. You know, as I said to someone the other day, you know, if you're really doing the work with the Enneagram, it's going to kick your ass. <laughs> and mm. it's going to hurt. Before You know, it's going to get worse before it gets better. If mm. it, because most people just say, oh, I'm a seven. But if you're really doing your work, what you're realizing is, oh, gosh, I thought I was, I identified myself with that personality. But that's not actually who I am.
1: Mm. Those are mm. Those are just...
2: Those are traits and defense systems, adaptive strategies, way I got through in the world as a little kid, and I just got stuck in the trance of it. I just, you know, it was just me in a cycle, just going on and on. Mm. The truth is, you are not your number. So when people say to me, I am this number, I just kind of grimace inside a little bit, because I want to say to Mm. them, if you are, then you haven't started the work yet. (laughs) Oh. Don't stop Mm. at saying, oh, I'm a three, and that's why I do all this. It's like, no, you're just making, you're using your number as an excuse to continue on in this behavior. You, what the enneagram is revealing and this is its spiritual power what it's revealing is no that's not you that's a strategy to win love or whatever it is that you're trying to get and it's not working the you underneath it behind the veil of that personality style is who we back to your essence your original nature your original goodness recognizing your own value and worth, uh, separate from your self-presentation and person. You see where I'm going? Yeah. So, I mean, and so part of that journey is you have to go through the. I mean, I, you know, I'll sound like a four right now, but everybody's got to go through the valley of tears on this thing, <laughs> and confusion, and thinking. Well, it, this is all I know. How do I let go of this? If I if I let go of this. Who am I? What? Yep. How am I going to survive in the world? This has been well, my survival very strategy. Very
0: bad for a three.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and and I think there are very few things that feel like a worse feel worse than this feeling that that oh my gosh everyone everyone think, everyone's going to know now or I know now that I've been kind of a huckster. I've uh-huh. been hustle. You know, uh-huh. I've been out there. I've been hustling people and uh, working a game, and uh, everyone is just you know. Uh, you know, just think I'm slick. And you, mm-hmm. know, you know where I'm going? And it's like, and man, when you can feel that, and I mean, for a three, like just seeing you have all these deep feelings makes me go, this is awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> because that means, I mean, I want you, I dare you to do something. Go back and listen to the first podcast we did and okay. listen to listen to this one. And you will see that you are a different, per- you will hear that you are a different person.
0: That's really interesting.
2: I want you to do That's that.
0: very interesting.
2: You are a different person right now than you were on that first podcast and I want you to Hmm. even though even though you're gonna go yeah but I sound so kind of sad or you know confused and lost and what are people gonna think and it's like well I can tell you what I think and that is that you're doing the work you are on the journey on the
0: journey
2: yeah and and it's not it's not a to-do journey it's just a journey to be uh and by the way i would say this you are so much more present right now than you were in the first podcast
0: oh that's very true i would really agree with that
2: yeah Hmm. you are right here with me right now and your feelings are with me right Hmm. now Hmm. so that means you know all it's not just your thoughts it's not just you know what you're doing uh it's what i'm sensing is a, a more whole claire which is like oh i oh i brought my feelings here too yeah yeah and by the way can i just tell you something anthony is my engineer is looking was looking at me it's looked at me a couple times during this podcast uh we're all leaning in because when you do that you know what i feel Mm. oh there you are
0: oh that's interesting
2: there you are like like uh the mask of personality has gotten Thinner, more gauzy, and I can begin mm-hmm. to see the outlines of the real clear.
0: Mm. I mean, and and you are starting to see the outlines of it, and I feel I am starting to see the outlines of it also, and mm. it's fascinating. I, I, when you live above the surface, you don't realize that there's something below, right? Yes. That's like all
2: of psychotherapy, pretty much. Terrifying
0: when you realize there's something below, which is kind of me six months ago, and then starting to dig through all the stuff below, but but it's also so
2: hopeful. Yeah. So, um, everybody's, you know, clear. Everybody who doesn't do their work is essentially a puppet and a marionette. Mm -hmm. You know, we all we, our mm-hmm. ego would like us to believe that we are so much more in control of our lives than we actually are. There are so many hidden forces of our histories. You know, like what one writer calls "history's unmade beds," oh. and we are the we are people who are being, you know, jerked around by all of these forces like strings in every direction. You know, and this is why we see these patterns. This is why personalities is taken over. So you're going from be, you know having been someone who's you know how do i say this until now your personality has had you and now you're transitioning to being someone who has a personality say that again all your life from all this is true for all of us until we wake up we have a our personality has us you know we're kind of in service to this game this strategy and so we're just playing it out over and over and over again right uh, uh, trying yeah. to get something that's always you know it's just out of reach, or sometimes we get it and then it's not enough, and we go try to get more or whatever. You know, it's like drugs. I mean, really. And so, yeah. yeah so yeah. you you start to you know we all have to have a personality. The goal of the Enneagram is not to strip you of to have no personality, uh, but what it's trying to do is get you to disidentify with those parts of it that just aren't working anymore. Yeah. And to allow other things, your true self will emerge on its own. As you put the mask down and do the, you can't make yourself. Uh, you can't uh, like sort of chart a journey to the true self and find it. You know, it's not like this. It's something that just will happen naturally as you relax your grip on the mm-hmm. old game of of your three personalities.
0: Wow, your true self will emerge on its own. Oh, totally. As you naturally relax. Yes, the and, grips and as a as
2: a person who again who's who identifies as a mm-hmm. Christian, I would say that. And this is going to be hard for threes, but it's true. It's not something you do. It's something that gets done to you. And that, by the way, is why meditation is so important for every type. You know, uh, we will we will tend to mm. want to use our own strategy to fix the problem of our you know, of the strategy, right? And. And so yeah. ones will be, oh, I want to be the perfect, not one. You know what I mean? It's like, that's my goal now. It's like, okay, you want to be a perfectionist about not being a perfectionist. I mean, that's crazy. But it's natural, right? It's like it's like that's how deeply yeah. encoded this stuff is, right? So yeah. like in meditation, what, what you start to say to God is, God, I give you consent in this time to do whatever you'd like in my wiring. You know, Thomas Keating calls it like, uh, I can't remember, it's like sort of holy therapy or, you know, you just... You mm-hmm. just sit and be and say, "God, here I am. Do for me what I can't do for myself, which is stop this, so that my mm-hmm. true self can can come forward, it can come to the foreground, and and this other thing will recede." And you'll, we're always going to struggle with the type. I mean, it, it you know, it's always in the shape. It, it can always come back, and we just have to learn how to. Uh, as Jack Jack Cornfield, uh, who I love it says uh, you know personality is like a puppy on a leash you know you got to throw a little kibble every now and then and make sure it doesn't get away you know it's like and i think that's a beautiful kind of thing you know you you, you stop it's not your personality is not monolithic it's not this gigantic like nuclear power center it's like it's actually much less powerful than we realize like if you just look at it what it's in the game it starts to evaporate like when you catch yourself doing something very three, like like the letters to your, um. for your kid, and you if you can learn to just look at look at yourself in those moments and give yourself the smiling gaze of the adoring mother. Yeah. Give that to uh. yourself. Ex- uh. You know, extend compassion and friendship to yourself in that moment, and say, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, well of course you you did this all your life. This is how you survived. This is how you thought. This mm-hmm. is what you thought it was mm-hmm. all about. But and so. Of course, I can expect it to leak out every now and then. You know, it's deeply in me, but you know, I don't have to continue to collude with the lie. Hmm. Right. And it's. A, and it, I don't have to continue right. to. Collude so, with listen, the so listen. You know, I'm saying stuff I don't normally say on the podcast because we don't. I don't normally have deep conversations. It's deep, you know. But but what? Here's the thing. Your personality isn't who you are, and. When you believe that it is, you're living inside a beautiful lie. Wow. It's not who you are. It's just, people don't, you, you never say, oh, Claire's a, you know, she's such a good personality. You know, we said, you know, we, no, she has a good personality. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's not your identity. But, and mm-hmm. so what you're experiencing in many ways is almost like the withdrawal a, a junkie feels yep. when the drug is taken away.
0: I completely identify with that. Oh, I completely identify with that. There's this hole.
2: Yeah. yeah, and if you can just hang with that hole a little bit and just say, "Okay, I'm gonna wait and trust that as I continue this work and not keep, you know, not fall back into the game of projecting the image and, you know, you know, blah blah blah," that something else is gonna come up from the depths and it will be me. Yeah, something else is gonna come up from the depths and it will be me. Yeah, and that, by the way, well, ne- you know, as a Christian, I'd say never be fully realized here uh, because you know our identity is, you know in in our sacred text is that our identity is hidden in Christ so that's that's a that's a big that's a challenge in the spiritual life so there's a uh, do you know this song um, here's here's an assignment for you uh, um, do you know the David Wilcox song underneath
1: Okay, threes. No. No. <laughs> All
2: threes, listen to me. I want you to re- uh, listen to the song uh, Underneath. and uh, Because in it, there's this, um, there's this chorus that he repeats. And he says, uh, So I'm tossed on the waves of that surface. Still the mystery is dark and deep. With a much more frightening stillness. Underneath, underneath, underneath. And I think I think for all of us, you know, there's that terror, like, you know, the terror you felt as a little kid when you were in the ocean and you realized, wait a minute, it's like bottomless. Like what's down, what's down mm-hmm. there? You know, what could could what right. could come get me? And right. uh, the truth is, is that there, what's down there is the is the pearl. You know, and but there's going to be a lot of scary mm-hmm. stuff to kind of walk through to realize that what's underneath is it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Man, Well, this has been a an equally good, but such a different conversation. like I like I don't such a well, different conversation. And I'm so encouraged. I mean, like because I think you're you're really helping people see that it's not this isn't fun in games. The Enneagram is not fun in games if you're really using it correctly. it It no. really should mess with you. Uh, it should disequilibrate you, throw you back on your heels, make you wonder who the hell am I? Who the hell is everybody else? What game have I been playing? Who am I really? Uh, What am I supposed to do now? Um, How do I get through life and survive without this thing? And, you know, like, what's going to happen? And and yet you know in your heart of hearts, I think, if you're really doing the work, too, that it's going to be all right. Like, this is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And because what I'm going to find in the middle of it is a... a relationship with higher power, God, whatever you want to call it, that validates my beauty the way that a mother does when she looks into the eyes of her of her child. Amen. Can we come back together again in another six months? I love having you on the show, man. It's yeah, like let's intensely do it. wonderful.
0: Let's do it. This is man. awesome. This is awesome. Thank you so oh, much for this. Thank you so much for being the catalyst for such a big change in my life such a you know i'm on the journey you know. and
2: that's what it is it's not a it's and definitely not a one and done deal for sure you know no and and no. so we stay on it and um, we we go about the business of trying to cut the strings that you know uh, are jerking us around and figure out who's been pulling them all these years wow you know what i really i really love you claire
0: Thank you. I love you too, Ian. This was awesome. Thank you again. And
2: uh, let's do it again. All right. Let's do it again. Wonderful. Well, all the best to you. And like I always say to our our folks when I sign off, it's be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. See ya. Till later.